3: Zumo Play.
0: Getting you ready for all the Sunday's betting action. This is Sunday Bet Prep on V the Sports Betting Network.
4: Welcome in. Happy to be with you. It is Sunday Bet Prep here on V Sin. I'm Jeff Parles, live at Circa. We're ready to roll. We're ready to roll. Uh, all, I will, all I will say is, I will attempt to do better with what. I hope to help you guys make money on that I did yesterday. (laughs) Rough final Saturday of the regular season for for myself. But, hey, what are we going to do? That's a roller coaster. It is betting on college basketball. Oh, we got a great show lined up for you. John Jansen out of Philadelphia, Fox Sports, the gambler host. Hosted a line change there. Uh, Bringing him back. Bringing him back. We'll talk talk all things NBA, maybe some baseball. Uh, Who knows? Maybe we'll get into American soccer as well. MLS back in action week two as well. Uh, our guy Will Hill who is in the recent Circa college basketball invitational. We'll talk to Will Hill at uh, 1145 Eastern Time, so bottom of this hour. And then Michael Duarte who covers the Lakers uh, for NBCLA will join us on uh, Talk NBA, Talk Lakers, see when LeBron's coming back, see if he's not. We'll, we'll get through all that fun stuff with Michael uh, a little bit later, uh, a little after midnight on the East Coast if you're Tuning in from there, uh, still uh, technically Saturday everywhere else. But we're happy to be with you. It was a very busy college basketball card on Saturday. Very busy, always is. And and let's just look back real quick before we look ahead. Where the number one team in the country is in action in Houston, taking on Memphis in a regular season finale on Sunday at noon. Uh, you have three tickets getting punched on Saturday or on Sunday, I should say. Two were punched Saturday. One of them still has a conference championship game to play. That was in the NEC where Fairleigh Dickinson punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament because number one seed Merrimack is ineligible because of the transition from D2 to D1 still. The stupidest, stupidest rule there is in college basketball at this point. So Fairleigh Dickinson is in, first time in a few years for FDU out of the state of New Jersey. And then... How about Southeast Missouri State in the dramatic OVC championship game, outlasting Tennessee Tech. The five seed wins on four consecutive days to advance to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2002, where they were a 13 seed and played a tough game against LSU. uh, And now, or actually I should say 2000, not 2002, 2000 for SEMO, their last NCAA tournament appearance. SEMO almost assuredly going to Dayton for a play-in-16 game. But congratulations to uh, the folks from Cape Girardeau going to the tournament for the first time. In over 20 years, those tickets have been punched. Uh, We'll look at those conference championship games because I actually kind of like some betting angles on two of the three. One of them I have absolutely no position whatsoever on, but we'll get to it as we go along. Uh, NCAA tournament ramifications on the games on Saturday before we fully... Turn the page over to Sunday, though. Texas A&M beats Alabama. The move to a and 100% right. Benning Market got that one. Square on. Right on. A&M led the whole game. They were an underdog at first. Closed uh, one and a half for two-point favorite, depending on what book you bet it at. And A&M led the whole way. Got a little dicey. Alabama got it with back within one in the second half. But Budge Williams' squad finds a way in a 67-61 win uh, they had already clinched the two seed in Nashville this upcoming week. Alabama's already locked in the number one seed in that tournament. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Alabama in this week. Again, Bama right now going into the day already has had them in the number one overall seed. Behind them, Kansas also lost. We'll get to that game in a second. Houston still in action on Sunday. Same with Purdue. Both uh, both also in action on Sunday. But Alabama again loses uh, Brandon Miller. Was left off the Naismith watch list altogether, which, uh, as I would say, has absolutely nothing to do with the way he has played so far this year. Has everything to do with what happened off the floor. Alabama is the most intriguing team for a whole host of reasons moving forward. I don't know at all. Again, as always in March, draw dependent, always draw dependent. But I really don't like the way they played this week. Where Auburn should have beat them. Frantic comeback, they found a way. And then AM just out toughed them today. They had the a better team the whole way through. No arguing that. And good for Buzz Williams after last year where AM was inexplicably left out of the tournament after their run to the SEC title game. There's no <laughs> there's no denying them this year. And they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out in Nashville this upcoming week. going to be a tough out in the NCAA tournament, wherever they end up. I'm very curious to see where they're seated. Because uh, again, the bracket today that Lenardi had AM at going into today, AM was in a seven slot. With Pitt as the 10, UCLA is the two. I didn't match up terribly with UCLA. UCLA is just a better version of them. But it'll be fascinating to see what ends up happening this upcoming week. See if the Aggies can move up a little bit. They again, not going to make a deep run. But they're going to be an extraordinarily deep out of game. Game goes way under the 153 and a half. Played at the A&M pace, not the Alabama pace. The other one earlier this morning, I, I, out of total nowhere, Baylor gets thumped in their final home game at the Ferrell Center. Iowa State, a much-needed win to stop the bleeding on what had been a very bad streak for, street for the clones. Go on the road, go wire to wire, win comfortably against Baylor to get a rematch against Baylor this upcoming week in Kansas City. 73-58. Uh, Baylor closes a seven, seven and a half point favorite. Very odd result. Surprising result with Baylor getting thumped by Iowa State and now one. Uh, that, co- that conference tournament in Kansas City next week is going to be a battle. Those top six teams are as good as anyone. We know this going in. Um, TCU is going to get K-State in the 6-3. Baylor and Iowa State is a 5-4. Going to really be a, a big time matchup. Uh, across the board in every matchup in Kansas City this upcoming week in the Big 12 Tournament. K-State, by the way, did lose, did not cover. I was wrong on that one. Really, really bad second half from K-State. They lose by 8, 89-81. 50 second half points for West Virginia. Eric Stevenson with 27. Kante Johnson played great, but it wasn't enough for the Wildcats. West Virginia... I don't understand why West Virginia is safely in, according to all the Bracketology guys. Their metrics are great. They're clearly internet ratings really good as well. They do not pass the eye test, though, Is okay, this team should be safely in and not fighting for their lives next week in Kansas City. But, hey, what do I know? Again, 7-11 and in conference play. Before today, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, about as weak of a resume as you can possibly have for, a team safely in the NCAA tournament that has played in that league with all those great teams all year long. But this was a nice, a nice resume booster to probably take the doubt out this week with a win at home. Now they have wins against K-State, TCU, two against Iowa State, and Auburn in the last two months. That's enough to probably get you in without sweating. You also have that road win at Pitt earlier in the year, granted, totally different Pitt team, who, by the way, fell in an epic game in Miami today to give Miami the number one seed and the uh, ACC regular season title, but... I don't know. I don't don't really see West Virginia as much of a threat. They're going to be a team I look to fade in the NCAA tournament, depending on what that matchup is when it's all said and done. Kansas got drilled by Texas. Again, the market ended up being right on a lot of these games that were situational spots against a team more than anything. Situational spot against Alabama today. Worked with A&M. Situational spot against K-State. Worked with West Virginia. Situational spot on Texas against Kansas, who locked up the Big 12 earlier this week. Never a doubt. Clearly the better team all the way through. Texas was was down 2-0 and led the rest of the way after that, holding Kansas to 59 points. Really a dominant showing by the Longhorns. The Longhorns are capable of getting to a Final Four. They have the talent. It's just a question of, does Rodney Terry have enough as a head coach to get him there? That's the big question in this NCAA tournament for upcoming tournament for Texas. They are really talented. They are really, really good. And they are more than well enough set up in order to make a run in March. Uh, Again, obviously, draw dependent to say that all the time over the next few weeks. But it will be fascinating to see what happens uh, with Texas. They clinched a two in the Big 12 tournament. They'll await the winner of the Oklahoma games. uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, the winner of that one, will get Texas in the round uh, the quarterfinal round in Kansas City this upcoming week in the Big Twelve. A uh, one other game that I want to look at, and, I, and I'll say I'll say this real quick in the SEC. Two two things. Market was right on Auburn as well. They win and cover against Tennessee. Who I, I don't want to hear about Tennessee. I don't want to hear about them. Right, we talked about this last night, in buy or sell. I don't want to hear about them. They are who they are. They're not that good. They are not that good. And again, we talked about this yesterday. They are going to go down as the team that the Ken Palm ratings have missed on the most of any team in the last 15 years. They are five in Ken Palm. They're closer to 35 than five at this point. Good win for Auburn. By the way, uh, that that game had doubled the points the first go-around between these teams, almost double, uh, 149 in this one in in comparison to 88 in the first go. Uh, Not quite double, obviously, but a lot more easy over on this one if you took this one over the 130-and-a-half, Auburn 79, and Tennessee 70. And then I think the Kentucky Wildcats are dangerous. With no Wallace today, no Wheeler again, they go on the road and really handle Arkansas all the way through today. A really nice win for Kentucky to get it done, 88-79, Game goes way over. They win outright as a two plus two hundred underdog, two to one underdog. That is one team. If I'm a three seed, I do not want to see Kentucky as the six because they are playing well. Sheble looks like Sheboy of last year again, and that is a and we it never been the talent. That's never been the issue with this Kentucky team. It has been point guard play, and it has been Calipari himself. But they have all seemingly figured it out. They are dangerous in the NCAA tournament. Very curious to see who is that unlucky three seed who ends up drawing Kentucky when this is all said and done. One week from Selection Sunday in March. John Jansen, he's going to join us next here on Sunday Bed Prep.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is Saturday Bet Prep on
0: V the Sports Betting Network.
4: Warning this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to. This segment of Sunday Bread Prep, which is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, the seemingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or or don't provide, I should say, the satisfaction you're looking for. But Zinn Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf-free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store near you at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com today. Happy to be with you on Sunday Bet Prep. I'm Jeff Parles. And now with us, uh, against my better judgment, my guy out of Philadelphia. You hear him on Fox Sports The Gambler, The Line Change. You hear him with Sean Brace as well during the day. It is John Jansen with us right now. John Uh, I almost said good morning. It's almost morning in Philadelphia,
6: but uh, good evening to you. Oh, it's good morning, good afternoon. It doesn't matter. The Sixers won and they beat the Bucks on the road. And you're telling me Harden and Embiid clutch shots late in a game against one of the best teams in the NBA. Got to feel good about that one. Well, let's. let's... It's it's whatever time you want it to be. (laughs) John, let's let's
4: just start there. I wasn't going to start there, but you brought it up, so let's start there. Of the quietest 16-game winning streak. In NBA, history is over as the Sixers, like you said, come from behind in the fourth quarter, no less, down 14 going to the fourth, win in 48-31. We kind of talked about this uh, when I was on with you earlier this week on your show, but w- what is the ceiling here? We know what the expectation has been going in this year. It's you got to find a way to make at least the Eastern Conference Finals, and you probably got to find a way to win the title if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, but – even even with tonight, there's still a clip behind Milwaukee and Boston.
6: Yeah, they are. And that's, I think that's what they're going to be heading into the NBA playoffs. They will be a clip behind them. Boston's better. Boston's deeper. I think Boston's more talented. I think Milwaukee is just more talented. I would say more just Giannis is an incredible player. But what I'm seeing from the Sixers, and I don't know what the ceiling is because of what I'm seeing from Harden, but Harden has been... I mean, Brooklyn Nets, when he first got there, James Harden, uh, he sc- ended up scoring 36 tonight. This is the kind of James Harden that if I ever think the Sixers would have a chance to beat Milwaukee or Boston in a seven game series and potentially beat him in back-to-back series. And that's thinking way ahead because the Sixers have never been out of the second round with Joel Embiid there in Philadelphia. But this is the kind of James Harden that they need. He is distributing the ball. Well, he is getting by people. The thing is he's getting to the rim. He wasn't doing that when he first got to the Sixers, whether it was because of his injury, or he was out of shape, but we know that he was working out, he was trying to get in shape, he was trying to get himself ready for a deep playoff run, and so far, right now, sitting in March, he looks fresh, and he looks healthy, and he's getting to the rim, and he's shooting the ball well, and he's making great decisions. I I am absolutely floored by the way James Harden has been playing, and that's the kind of play that they need from him if they do want to end up beating those teams, and again, I don't know if that's their ceiling, but I, I at least think there's a potential of it happening. If Harden plays like this,
4: who do you think in a law, who do you think is the better matchup for Philadelphia in a
6: playoff series, Boston or Milwaukee? I would say Milwaukee. They've, they've seemed to play Milwaukee well, and they can throw size at Giannis, which is a good thing. Uh, they can throw Joel. They can throw Tobias when they need to, you know, they, they have size that can definitely slow down Giannis a little bit. Uh, I, I, I would be scared of Boston because of the perimeter play. Uh, Jason Tatum I mean I know he's struggling a little bit now but still Jason Tatum a really good shooter Jalen Brown's good I I think the Sixers really struggle against good perimeter shooting teams and their perimeter defense is going to be a weak spot pretty much I mean the entire time you have Maxie and James Harden out on the floor it's going to be a weak spot so I think Boston is more suited to take advantage of that while I don't think Milwaukee especially with the way Chris Middleton's been playing since he's come back from his injury, he just hasn't looked as good. And as long as that's the case, I think Milwaukee, the, I, I, that's the, the matchup. I think the Sixers do have an advantage in.
4: John, can I put you on the spot? Absolutely. Okay, good. Power, <laughs> rate, power rate the top three teams in the Western Conference for me right now.
6: Oh, gosh. I mean, it's Denver. Denver's one. As much as i it pains me to say that at times. Uh, Denver Denver is one, and that team's very good around Nikola Jokic, and uh, I, I think they are the best team in the Western Conference. Obviously, there are things going on with Memphis right now that I just don't quite know uh, what that's going to look like. So I would love to say Memphis is in the top three somewhere, but now what obviously we've seen recently with John Morant and the way that they've played, I don't know if I can go there, but I would say Denver one, probably Phoenix two, and just because I'm seeing life at a Golden State, and if you're gonna show me a team that's won an NBA title before, and Clay Thompson's playing probably his best basketball since these major injuries, I think I would have to say Golden State is is third there. And, you know, because of the experience and because Steph Curry is coming back at some point, that they're going to be very dangerous in the playoffs.
4: John Jansen with us right now. You can hear him on Fox Sports, the gambler in Philadelphia, the line change uh, either seven or eight o'clock at night on select nights throughout the week. And then you uh, hear him (laughs) with Sean Brace uh, during the day on the daily ticket as well. Uh, You know, you have the right three teams and my order is a little bit different. I have Phoenix one, at least moving forward, Phoenix one, Golden State two, Denver three. And then I'm going to be stubborn about Sacramento because the fact that Sacramento is clear is the th- is the three seed and clearly well on their way to avoiding the playing game, and currently are 35 to one to win the West when the Lakers are 15 to one to win the West. I mean, what are we doing here? I understand the liability part of it, but come on now. Like, if the Kings were the La- if the Lakers had the Kings record, the Lakers would probably be looked at as the NBA championship favorites. And instead, because they they wear uh, purple and black instead of purple and gold. The Kings are look at, looked at as this, Oh, that's a nice story, but they're going to lose in the playoffs early. I'm not so sur- certain about that, John.
6: Yeah. I, I love the talent there. And obviously I love the guard play. Um, I think Sacramento, you know, if we can keep doing this. Well, when, they, when is it going to happen? When are they going to regress? When are they going to look like Sacramento? You know, that's just, it's not going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. I think we're seeing the best out of De'Aaron Fox. I think we're seeing the best out of De'Aaron Sabonis. And we know Sabonis, how good of a player he is. And now he's getting to show it on a team that, you know, there's a lot around him. And even guys like Keegan Murray, who's been pretty good out of Iowa, really good rookie season. So I think Sacramento's just actually got, it it doesn't, it doesn't have that star appeal that you would say, obviously De'Aaron Fox is a well-known name but they don't have a Giannis or an Embiid or Jokic. But this is a very well-built team that you have a lot of high-level NBA players. Uh, and it, they're, they're deep as well. They're young. Uh, they have good shooting, good guard play. Yeah, I just think at this point, any, any, any concerns about the Kings or any thinking that you know maybe this isn't exactly what they are, uh, I think all of those have to be pretty much thrown away at this point because they keep winning and they keep doing it in pretty spectacular fashion.
4: John, let's uh, shift over to college hoops real quick. Let's start in the Big 12. Uh, I just saw these odds from DraftKings. Texas is the favorite to win in Kansas City next week at 3-1. to one. Ahead of Kansas at plus 350, Baylor's plus 450, K-State, Iowa State at plus 650, TCU's at plus 850. No one in the bottom four is winning that conference tournament. They're not good enough to win an extra game on top of everything else. Like, John, I'm a little bit surprised by those numbers. I I know we just saw Texas smash Kansas today, but that feels a little reactionary, doesn't it?
6: Oh yeah. It feels reactionary and it feels like it's just a good spot for Texas in that game today where yeah. they're at home and Kansas has been really good. They're going to, they're going to eventually drop games in the big 12 and this seemed like a spot for that to happen. So yeah, if this ended up creating a buy low sort of spot for Kansas, I'm going to take it. You know, I, the thing is the rest of the field in the big 12 is you just named It's a very tough field. It's the best conference in college basketball. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy for Kansas to do so. But Kansas, to me, is very clearly the best team in the Big 12. And I think this spot here was more of Texas being at home, good spot for Texas, bad spot for Kansas. And I think we can just move forward knowing that. I still think Kansas is the best team in the Big 12. So, yeah, if if that's going to create a buy-low spot for me, I'm absolutely going to take it.
4: John, uh, we have about a, a little un, a little under a minute to go in this segment. We're keeping you for two because we're, we we got to keep you in that studio a lot, a lot longer. Uh, Big East tournament bracket is set. Uh, Marquette's the one, Xavier's the two, Creighton the three. UConn and Providence will play each other in the four or five. And then Villanova, who finally lost the game after looking like themselves again uh, tonight to UConn, gets Georgetown and then potentially Creighton. Are you giving Villanova any chance here in this Big East tournament?
6: I would give them a chance just because I know they can stay close in these games. Their free throw shooting is still spectacular. It's not historic like it was last year. It's still very good though. And Justin Moore's closing out games. Obviously, I think we could see their depth is a concern. Like even Longino's supposed to be getting minutes, and he's just not doing very well with them. But I think Villanova certainly has a chance just because of the athletes and the experience that they have.
4: John Jansen, stick around. We have baseball to talk about. We'll yes. See We'll see if John also has any uh, thoughts on the World Baseball Classic, which actually begins on Tuesday. We'll break it all down with John Jansen next here on VSIN.
0: This is Saturday Bet Prep on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: V, uh, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to bet this year in the madness for just $19 whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread our team is here to help you get ready for every game and every round of the tournament only visa pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets tools like our exclusive betting splits data plus our big dance bracket and betting guides these guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams cinderella selections bracket predictions and picks on every game in the tournament from picks, uh, from VEASAN experts like well, some guy named Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament for just $19. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Peterson and Musburger. What a, what a duo. What a duo on that. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. It is Sunday Bet Prep. John Jansen of Fox Sports The Gambler with us right now. Uh, John Jansen, I am not going to ask you anything about the World Baseball Classic because I think that would have been that would have been too much of putting you on the spot. I'll save that for a guy Will Hill who's with us in the next segment. But I do want to I do want to pivot over to baseball because we're in the middle of spring training. We're starting to see the new rules in action. Uh, pitch clock is making a game so much faster. I, John, just what do you think this looks like? Forget April for a second because I think April it's going to be a little bit messy. But what do you think this all looks like by the time everyone has gotten used to these new rules?
6: Yeah. I I hate to say, it's not going to look any different. It will look different. And the game is going to be played at a much different pace. But I think with everything, major league baseball, and I I think the one thing we're going to see early on, like we already are seeing in spring training, you know, kind of bending of the rules a little bit. Max Scherzer was already doing a quick pitch. Uh, We know the outfield. I forget what team did it against Joey Gallo is moving outfielders. So, Uh, One of the three, it's a left fielder, I think, moving over and playing basically almost like that shortstop deep second field position uh, that was being played when they could shift before the ban of shifting. So I think we're just going to see you know, obviously some bending of the rules and figuring out just exactly how this is all going to work, but I don't really think this is going to have an effect on the game at all. Uh, I don't think it's going to have too much of an effect on betting. Maybe it does end up being more runs. Uh, This benefits offense. I'm not exactly sure, but I think once we do get a few months into this, I think it's going to be settling in just nicely. And I think it's it's going to help baseball out tremendously, especially with the pace of play.
4: So let's look at this upcoming season in baseball, John. Uh, the I-95 corridor is going to be on fire yet again with how good some of those teams are going to be. Uh, the teams, Both teams in New York, definite playoff teams, the Phillies. I really think the question, John, on the Phillies is, Are they going to be able to withstand a few months without Harper, which they obviously did an amazing job when Harper was hurt a year ago, able to stay in the race and finish it off, and then obviously a miraculous run through the NL last year. But what are your expectations for the Phillies? Because I'm in in the camp of they're clearly a playoff team, but they're probably still in the same boat that they were last year where they're behind both the Mets and the Braves.
6: Yeah, and I would say – the Braves, more than anything, the Braves are just so good. And it just seems like any talent that you think they might be lacking or a spot that they might not have, there's either going to be somebody that comes up in the farm system or they're going to be able to to use the trade market to get any kind of needs that they they don't have. So I think the Braves are a very good team. And I think Ron Acuna Jr. is one of my favorite bets for MVP uh, in the National League side as well. But I think the Phillies are, are very close, though. And so when I see the odds and I'm seeing like plus 300 over that, you know, I think it's being a little bit overstated too much, Bryce Harper being out because they got an MVP caliber player in the offseason in Trey Turner. So they still have MVP talent in that lineup. While you can also maybe expect a better year from Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, I don't know if he's going to lead the National League in home runs again, but he's still a very good bat in that lineup. The Phillies have players. Alec Bohm just seems like he's getting better. After his, his sophomore slump, I guess you could say uh, Bryson Stott could, could potentially get better. So I, I think this regression kind of narrative that's been thrown on the Phillies, I understand it because it's a team that probably should not have been in the World Series. But the thing is, there are a lot of players that you can actually expect probably a bump up in production. And so I think they're actually progressing more towards they're going to be better this year than they were last year. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they get to the World Series again, but they're going to have likely a better regular season. They're coming in with a much better bullpen than they have in previous years. Starting rotation, I think, is going to be amazing. Andrew Painter already looks like, if he's healthy, is going to be a key contributor in the back end of the rotation. So I think the Phillies have a lot of great pieces. And again, I, I think the regression thing is a little off uh, of a narrative, considering that a lot of guys could probably get better, like a Nick Castellanos, but also young players that are probably going to have more production.
4: John Jansen was uh, with us right now. Fox Sports, the gambler host. Uh, You see him on, you hear him on the line change uh, on weeknights in Philadelphia. Uh, Just looking at the rest of the National League, John, and and you and I have talked about this on your show, where this really feels like the year where I've always been a proponent. This has been before this new ridiculous regular schedule where uh, people, everyone's going to be able to beat up on the two central divisions this year. I'm in the camp that this year is going to prove that we should not have divisions at all. It should just be an AL and an NL, so we get the correct six teams in the correct order now that we're having an extra round of the playoffs. What do you think this ends up looking like in the NL playoffs when this all, when this all is said and done? Because it clearly feels like the top five, which is the two out west and the three in the east, and whoever ends up coming out of the NL Central.
6: Yeah, I there are two teams that I'm really loving coming into this season. One of them is obviously the Padres. They've been close. They feel like they have had teams that could have gone farther, potentially knock off the Dodgers in the West. This is that team, though. And I, I don't think it's – I've registered in everybody's mind just how scary that middle of the lineup's going to be and just how scary Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and Xander Bogarts as one through four – that is an all-star lineup that is in the Padres lineup. It is disgusting how good they're going to be. And the pitching seems like it's going to keep suit. One team, though, you mentioned those two divisions, but there actually is one team outside of those divisions I like. The Cardinals lineup, I think, could be spectacular this season. They have, again, a lot of young players that I think you can expect their production to go up. Lars Neupahr, uh being one of those, Brendan Donovan being one of those. But if there is small regression from Goldschmidt and Arenado, they're still going to be amazing players. I think that Cardinals lineup is going to be one of the top five lineups in baseball. They were last year and it could get even better. And then Jordan Walker, everything he's done so far in spring training, he's going to be an opening day guy. He's going to be in that lineup early and he's going to be an impact bat. I think all season long, he is an absolute stud He's somebody that you should keep your eye on for the National League Rookie of the Year race. Uh, But I think the Cardinals lineup is that good. Now, yes, there's concern. Their bullpen's fine. I think it's a lot of concern with pitching depth because they look okay on paper, but you know, with Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright's getting up there in age, they have guys that have injury histories that it could be a bit fragile, but this is a really good organization that I think can get starting pitching help in the trade market when they get there in July before the trade deadline. But I just think that lineup is something that's worth betting on. They are going to be extremely good, and there's going to be a lot of young players that I think a. You see Newbar and Brendan Donovan get better this season, but then a guy like Jordan Walker is going to be such a big impact for that lineup as well.
4: You know, it's interesting because Walker, Walker's having just as all. I don't want to call it an all-time spring training because that's not that's really an oxymoron more than anything. But, but it is
6: extremely but, impressive. Oh, like, what he's, he's doing been awesome. is crazy. He's yeah. been
4: awesome, and. It, the Cardinals, it will be interesting to see if the Cardinals do this correctly. He should be on their opening day roster. There's no arguing that. It's just a matter of will they do this correctly. He's 6-1 to one to win the NL Rookie of the Year. If he's on the opening day roster, that number's not going to be there. So you may want to take that now and take the chance that St. Louis does do this properly. All right, John, before, before we let you go, is there anything on this Sunday that's upcoming betting-wise that you are looking forward to, whether it's betting some Big Ten games in college hoops, some NBA, XFL. I, don't, I know you're not a NASCAR guy, but who knows? Maybe you'll shock me with a bet on a, on a, on a NASCAR race. <laughs> uh, is there anything you're looking at on the card altogether here on this Sunday?
6: Well, obviously, we got a good one o'clock game between Phoenix and Dallas. And yes. obviously, that's going to be, I think, the first time we see Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant uh, against each other. And I, I Dallas... They got that win against the Sixers and they scored a lot of points. That defense is horrendous. And so Kevin Durant's already looked really good in Phoenix. Again, you obviously got to know who's playing or not, because sometimes in these games, especially the Sunday games, uh, they could be out. But if all things are are go, all systems go, everybody's starting, that should be starting. I, I think Phoenix is going to win that game. Dallas, I, I see right now as a small favorite, uh, but I like Phoenix. I think offensively, they're going to be able to put up so many points on that Dallas defense and I Dallas look they can keep up with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic in some way but I just think it's going to be too much and I think we're going to see that what, what is going to be a, a championship caliber offense I think we're going to see that against Dallas and they're going to put up a ton of points he's John Jansen
2: you'll
4: find him on the tweets at Jay Jansen three Fox Sports the Gambler in Philadelphia one oh two five and 1480 a.m. where you can hear John Jansen John, pleasure as always, buddy. Go home. Go get some rest, my man. Go get some rest. I need it. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) You got it. Our guy, Will Hill, visa contributor, joins us next here on Sunday Bed Prep.
7: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's dot acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
5: What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Saturday Bet Prep on
6: v the sports
0: betting
4: network. Sports fans, now that football season has passed us by, Bed Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for basketball and hockey. Bed Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like like their first goal insurance on Tuesday in hockey, Saturday hockey same-game parlay bed-and-get, weekly pro basketball bed-and-get, and and plenty more. Check out BedRivers.com or download the Bed Rivers app today. It's a whole new game with Bed Rivers. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles here on Sunday Bed Prep. Now with us, he's a V-Sync contributor. You get him on the tweets at not the Will Hill. It is our guy. And he uh, it, it's late at night and Will still still better dressed than I am. It is Will Hill. Will, how you doing tonight?
8: Jeff, what's going on, man? Excited to be with you. What are, you're flying solo? They gave you the keys to the car and said that you know what, it's all yours, you don't even need a copilot, nothing. So so uh so for Saturday bed prep and Sunday
4: bed prep, it's all just me. Yesterday, energy was great today, energy's good. Uh, last okay. time, my, my, my picks could not have been worse yesterday. So it's
8: only place I can go is up. <laughs> what, did you, what, what hurt you college uh, or NBA? no,
4: no, no, no. I, I, I don't remember the last time I made a pre-flop NBA bet. Uh, so it was, it was, it was a college day where uh, I uh, got cute, went against the market and the market obviously was correct on
8: all those games. So you fought the law and the law won.
4: Yeah. That's usually how that works uh, when you do that. So what, what are you going to do? Uh, well, let's, uh, let's start in college hoops. I just want to throw this at you. I don't know if you've seen this. So uh, we were going through futures odds for conference tournaments, and this one stood out to me. And it's the best country in the land, the Big 12. The, the bracket is set in Kansas City next week. Will the, the Texas Longhorns are the favorite in the conference tournament? As the two series, yeah, Texas is favored at DraftKings, uh, three uh, three to one. Kansas is a plus three fifty. Baylor, who has the four and is on the same side as Kansas. At plus four fifty, K State is plus six fifty. Iowa State's plus six fifty. TCU is plus eight fifty. Those other teams that have to play in the first day have no chance of winning the conference no tournament. Shot. But I, Will, I, I'm stunned by that. That and I don't know if that's reactionary to what we saw today or not. But Kansas is clearly the better team. Just it was a perfect spot
8: to go against them today. I, too am surprised by that plus you think all right well you know that that's a weird line maybe the location but it's can't it's it favors Kansas yeah uh to me the game. best that's a strange line really you never know these teams that are safely in the tournament uh how seriously they take these conference tournaments you can get bit sometimes you know assuming one way or another the the price that jumps out to me though TCU when they got their guys and they're healthy they looked every bit as good as you know just about anyone uh including a 20 like five point win in Kansas. Um, you know, early in the season, again, they got derailed by injuries with miles and Lampkin, but that's a team they can play in the full court. They can shoot, they can rebound, they can defend. They kind of check all the boxes. You need to be able to win in different ways come March, because if you're relying on one thing, you know what you're, if you're too relying on three point shooting, chances are, you're going to have a bad three point shooting night at, at some point, but you need to be able to shoot the three. So you need some sort of balance. And I think TCU is a team, uh, you know, plus 850. I'd have to look at the bracket and sort of do do the uh, the back of the napkin math because sometimes you do get better bang for your buck if you just do the money line rollover parlay. But just directly there, TCU is, uh, is an interesting price. That's a team I'd probably take a look at. But, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that, that Texas is uh is shorter than Kansas. That's strange.
4: Will, just uh, if we do the chalk holds other than TCU in the Big 12 tournament, it would be K-State, Texas, Kansas would be their run. Not going to be not going to find a yeah. route harder than that in yeah, any conference that's tournament.
8: That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a, that. Boy, well, it's a great, it's a really great conference. Now yeah. they're all, they're all not going to get in, but man, you're going to have some teams that are left out from the Big Twelve and some teams that get in the tournament that are 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 not as good as the teams that get left out from the Big Twelve. That is just a loaded conference, really, as good a conference as I can remember. I'm sure there's some recency bias built into that, but man, there's just not a bad team in there.
4: Will uh, before we get to the the last regular season games on the board in college hoops tomorrow, or I should say today here on Sunday bed prep, you looking at these conference tournaments, and now we're really we got a, we have three finals, we have a lot of good quarterfinal action, including uh, in the Colonial as well. Is there anything that you're looking at in any of those conference tournaments on Sunday, uh, whether it be the Missouri Valley Championship where Drake is a one point favorite? against Bradley or any other game that you may be looking at in those conference tournaments.
8: Boy, I'll watch Drake Bradley. That's a hell of a game. I think they played last Sunday. I mean, they those did. have been the two best teams. Bradley's been really good at home, not as good on the road that Bradley was very lucky to survive that game today. So that's a hell of a game. Um I you know I don't know that I have action there. I don't know. They play that in St. Louis, right? So that's more Correct. towards that's more of a Drake game or is that sort of equidistant? I'm not uh,
4: really sure that's so. uh Peoria is not that not
8: that okay. bad from St. Louis. That you know that nothing jumps out to me in that one. I do have some leans in the uh, in the regular season. I'm trying to think what other games do we do we have lines for tomorrow. Sometimes these matchups get set and the lines don't pop up right away. I yeah, know, what do you which game you're looking for, Will? Towson. I, I know their their opponent went into overtime, maybe double overtime. So Tows-
4: Towson, Towson Delaware last game okay. in D.C. tomorrow or on Sunday, I should say 8:30 Eastern time in D.C. Towson is a five and a half point favorite against Delaware who needed overtime to beat a
8: not good Northeastern team. I would look for Townsend and that's what a semifinal tomorrow. Is that quarter. Already in a quarter quarter quarter? Yeah. Towson's good. Towson can really crash the offensive glass. I think their tempo sort of fits um, the tournament where, you know, the game slows down and they have the athletes to, you know, play in the half court. So Towson would be on a lovely laying five and a half, but I do think Towson's live in that tournament. And what else do we have tomorrow? I've noticed they've really backloaded these tournaments where yes. usually this Saturday, we'd have like a triple header of title games. We only got, I think, what, one one, one. bid given out? Well, uh, and, two, uh, two bids have been given out technically
4: because of the, the uh, silliness of the NCAA not allowing, needing to give five years for teams moving up in order to be eligible. So... Fairly is that Dickinson what is this? It's
8: 5. I knew there was a, a grace period. I didn't know it was 5. My goodness. So Fairly Dickinson is in
4: because Merrimack is ineligible in the NEC. And then uh, of, of course as we know uh Southeast Missouri State winning 4 games in 5 days in the OVC to get that bid. Those wow. are the only two that have been handed out so far.
8: And that kills the title game, too. First of all, it's completely unfair. It's one of the stupidest rules to punish these teams and not let them, let them go to the tournament. But you're killing your own product. You're yeah. killing your own title game. Why am I going to flip on a title game where it's do or die, winner goes to the tournament, where we already know who's going to the tournament? To me, that's ridiculous. Well,
4: that might. Honestly, it's probably a good spot to bet Merrimack because FDU is already in.
8: It right. doesn't it's matter a good point. <laughs> It's a really good point. And they want to prove a point and go out and you know win the tournament and prove, you know, prove something that Hey, even though we're not going to the dance, we're the best team or whatever. So yeah, that's uh boy, that's terrible for the sport. I hate that. Will
4: uh going to the going to the regular season portion of the college basketball games tomorrow. I want to go to I want to go to uh, to Boilertown here, Purdue, an eight an eight point favorite at home in West Lafayette against Illinois. Will, I what do we do with this Illinois team at this point? I mean, they play up and down to their competition. They're very random every time out. Doesn't it kind of make sense that this would be a game where they have an amazing effort and played within 8, which is the number right now?
8: Yeah, I've been fading Purdue a lot. I actually took them the other night against Wisconsin, I got burned with them. I've been I've been doing really well on Purdue games fading them. Uh and I'll just I'll take the points here with Ono. I just don't like Purdue's guards. Uh, Underwood's a good coach. He'll probably have a decent scheme here for uh for Edie, which, look, that's that's the game. You don't get killed on the offensive boards. Don't just let him live on the foul line and let him get, you know, easy shots. So uh, eight's a lot for a good coach and probably a hungrier team in Illinois. Who knows if it matters at all to Purdue uh, just from their mindset, mindset perspective. So, yeah, that eight certainly looks intriguing there.
4: Going to the NBA real quick, Will. We have the first Kyrie versus KD matchup yes. in all likelihood uh, at just after 1 o'clock Eastern time. Dallas right now one and a one-and-a-half point favorite. And look, I don't have any bets on this game. I'm just interested to see how this looks and what type of effort we get out of Kyrie Irving in this game as well.
8: I have a very strong uh, an opinion on this game. I like the over. I've been betting the over pretty much blindly. Anytime Dallas has Luka and Kyrie together, to me it's an over bet. The, they really haven't even caught up to you know where they can be offensively as a unit, but they are just dreadful defensively. They're going to be elite offensively, maybe the best offense in the league. And, and if it's not them, it's you know the four guys in Phoenix with Booker, Ayton, uh, and obviously you know Durant and Paul. I don't know how you stop that. Do you sag off Paul and dare him to shoot? It's really you know that they're just going to be so lethal, so fun to watch. I know it was only Charlotte the other night, but man. Booker and Durant on the same floor with Paul and with eight, and that's going to be a ridiculous, uh, just you know combination of players there. So I like the over. I think we get a ton of points. I think Dallas is going to be awesome on offense once they figure it out. They're going to be they they are dreadful on defense. So to me, this is an over bet.
4: Will in, in about thirty seconds here, putting you on the spot before we let you go, power raid one through three. How you would power raid teams coming out of the Western Conference in the NBA?
8: Suns, Nuggets, healthy Warriors. We have the Not same. Getting somebody?
4: No, we have the same three teams. Yeah. I, I, you, I, you and I have Golden State and Denver flipped. That's
8: okay. the only. I mean, thing. we got to give. I mean, at some point, the Clippers. Enough with the Clippers. Enough I mean. already. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous.
4: It, it, again, the, the Westbrook signing was illogical, and it has worked even worse than yeah. any of us like could they have like these
8: teams don't even watch the games. Like, what are people watching? It's crazy. That's it, they, Look, they could be a totally
4: different-looking team if Kawhi and Paul George say, hey, we don't want to do it anymore. More, it, not, not unlikely at this point. He's Will Hill. Get him on the tweets of Nanti. Will Hill. See him across the network here on VEASAN. Will, pleasure as always.
8: Thanks for having me, Jeff. See ya.
4: Sunday Bet Prep rolling along here on VEASAN.